A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. This is our last uh, session in the opening verses of 2 Peter chapter 2. It's Sunday the 31st of January, and I'm going to read these verses to you now. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Peter here has been laying out before us the cure to naivety, to the reality of false teachers as a feature of the church age. He's been saying they are always going to be present. You are never going to escape false teachers. You can't put your head below the parapet and say, look, I'll raise it when the false teachers have all gone away. They're always going to be there. They are false in their very nature. It's not just that they're mistaken in their teaching. Everything they say, even when it's the truth, is designed to corrupt and mislead. And they do so by acting secretively. What they do and say will not have integrity, certainly won't be in accordance with the Bible. Uh, They will be smuggling in destructive heresies, teaching that leads others to hell. They will deny the gospel as they walk that road to hell themselves. But they will be popular. Many will follow their sensuality. They will give rein to human vice, to human self-expression. Indeed, they will encourage it, and many will follow them as a result. But the gospel, well, that will be blasphemed. That will be monstrously misrepresented or just left out altogether. And their motive, well, that's greed, that's self-advancement, that uh, ruthlessly exploits and uses others, and uh, it will be supported by well-tuned, cunning, well-shaped words to find entrance to people's thinking and personalities, but only to serve the purpose of the false teacher's benefit. And we saw yesterday that their condemnation from long ago is not idle, their destruction is not asleep, they are the reprobate, God hasn't lost control, Uh, they are not to be envied. But now, in this closing session, I want to say, how should we apply this teaching? You notice that Peter just presents it. He doesn't present any commands in this to the reader. He's just saying, look, you need to realize that this is the case. Get wise. Here is information you need to note. But I would apply this in several ways. Firstly, recognize the battlefield. The battlefield is not between the church and the world, as is commonly thought. The battlefield is within the ostensible church. The church should, in the right sense, in the gospel sense, love the world and seek in every way it can to reach the world. No, the real fighting is done within the church, and that is the battle for truth, the battle between true teachers and Satan's agents, false teachers. Remember, Satan's favorite costume is that of an angel of light. That's where the fight is fought, within the ostensible church. It's important maturing understanding to get that. 
The second point is a very important one. It's one that needs to be heard in today's evangelical church, which is that we mustn't ever legitimize false teachers. There is a process going on at the moment, uh, living in love and faith, in which, sadly, uh, evangelicals are playing a part, not apparently seeming to realize that the Church of England will never leave this matter alone until it's got the answer it wants. Well, the Bible's teaching on this is very clear. We don't have to interpret it. It's very plain. Let me read you 1 Corinthians 5.11. Paul writes this. I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. There's the important qualification. Somebody who claims to be a Christian. Not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or as an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. Now, Paul is saying it's fine to eat with those who are guilty of sexual immorality or greed or idolaters, revilers, drunkards, or swindlers because we're trying to reach them. But the ones we shouldn't associate with are those who call themselves Christians and are committed to those things. Do you see? That's the vital difference. The Lord Jesus Christ consorted with the very dregs of society and is greatly glorified in having done that. But you see, Paul is saying the limitation is if they are claiming to be a brother, that means a fellow Christian, it would include a sister in Christ, and they are unrepentantly committed to sexual immorality, as quite evidently some of the directing participants in the Living in Love and Faith uh, project were, then you should not associate with them. Because you may think that the evangelical voice is being heard or that your reasonableness is being made known, but actually you are disobeying Scripture because you are being used by them. You are legitimizing their process. And you should not do that. I can't see any other way to interpret those Verses. Well, they, those verses are an interpretation. It's a straight command. Do not associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or as an idolater, reviler, drunkard or swindler. So if you're with a lot of people in some important Christian uh, congress, maybe, I don't know, General Synod or something like that, you shouldn't uh, be eating with such people if they are denying the gospel, if they are openly uh, admitting and uh, campaigning for the legitimacy of what the Bible clearly states is sexually immoral. You certainly should not be associating with them. You definitely shouldn't be taking communion with them. Now, you see, the second letter of 2 John uh, makes this more clear because 2 John verses 10 and 11 say this, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, he's referring there to gospel teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Why? John goes on, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Now there's the warning. You see, if we are to associate with such people, if we think that somehow uh, we are uh, helping the evangelical church by associating with these people, greeting them, and, and, and sharing with them, what we are actually doing is taking part in their wicked work. 
It's they who are getting credibility from us, not the other way round. And so the response to false teachers must be firstly to recognize the reality, recognize where the battle is, but secondly, don't legitimize them in any way. We should be standing completely apart from those things, which of course will be a very painful and costly thing to do, but it will be faithful to Scripture and you'll be able to sleep at night. The third application, my closing application, is hold the line. You see, this tells us that the emperor has no clothes. This tells us, yes, the elephant is in the room. This is something that uh, people are reluctant to recognize and certainly to talk about. But the fact is that our religious establishment in this country and um, pretty well all over the world is awash, is inundated with false teachers and therefore false teaching. And we should be willing to say sometimes the emperor is naked and we should commit ourselves afresh to the written word of God. However, may apparently unite in opposition who belong to these friendship groups, these heresies against us. That should not put us off. The word is true. We can depend upon it, even if the entire establishment, including key elements of the evangelical establishment, is lined up against you. Peter is saying, stand on the word of God. Grow up recognize the truth. Heavenly Father, please would we take these important truths to heart. Please would you enable us to be willing to recognize these often inconvenient truths. Might we never legitimize them in any way. And might we hold the line, Father, might we return to your written word with delight at knowing there is a firm reference, there is truth to be taken and lived however many might seem to stand against us. We pray that you would guard us and your church at this time from false teachers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.